0: Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, released date Sunday, the 29th of October,
1: 2023. How dare you? This is private property and you are intruding.
2: Oh, I'm doing much more than that.
1: What does that mean? I don't believe you're a doctor at all. I believe you are something else entirely. The
2: astute of you. <laughs> ah.
1: Don't touch that. What
2: have you been looking at, Lady Audacity? Who have you made eye contact with?
1: You, Nick, and
0: Benji. Hello to all you lovely people. I'm Benji Clifford. He's Hello. Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish. Audiobooks, audio drama and this podcast, all for the love of stories. Oh. In a few
3: moments, Benji and I will be taking a trip down Big Finish podcast Memory Lane. You'll find it on the handy maps we've sent out to you in unmarked
0: paper bags. Lovely paper bags. After that, it'll be time for the good review guy reviewing the reviews of The Diary of Riversong Series 10, Two Rivers and a Firewall, starring, of course, the wonderful Alex Kingston as Riversong.
4: This is the tomb of Riversong.
3: Then we go behind the scenes with the latest set of adventures for the Eighth Doctor, the exciting beginning of a new phase as the character of Audacity, played by the brilliant Jay Griffiths, steps aboard Paul McGann's
0: TARDIS.
1: I am Jay Griffiths and I play Lady Audacity Montague.
0: Following that, listeners' emails sent to Podcast at All the latest from our electrifying electronic inbox. <laughs> <laughs>
3: in our also available segment the return of a true big finish classic just in time for halloween the deeply disturbing brilliantly played omega factor starring louise jameson and john Dorney. a continuation of our former continuation of the 1979 bbc tv series of the same name that's the omega factor not john Dorney. at this time brilliantly written by tim foley delivering a story entitled
0: the house that wasn't Haunted.
5: Hello, I'm Louise Jameson, and I play Anne Reynolds.
0: Then the Let's Electron will once again be delivering a random release, with a 25% discount dutifully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. Hooray! The selection is a genuine mystery to us at this point, it's just but isn't- edited in preview of what it'll be.
3: This is London calling. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's from The Eighth Doctor Adventures Audacity, The Devouring, by Lisa McMullen.
1: I shall consume you. Oh, no. No. I shall consume you. Please, no. No, not you too. Dolly!
5: Consume you. Iggy!
3: so here are the headlines jeffrey belden and mark bolan the old big finish podcast catchphrases and characters the singing man stop don't move that way
0: leads to death also spam spam so those are the headlines. <laughs> Very tell, important. Tell us about
3: the Jeffrey Belden and Mark Boland thing.
0: Yeah, it just happened. I was just, uh, I was just, you know, walking around as you do, listening <laughs> to a bit of music. Uh, yeah, had Spotify yeah. on. Uh, I think it was 1972. Um, Mark Boland, and it was just this, this like record that was on Spotify, presumably, you know, where they bagged they bagged up a few of his tracks from 1972. And all of a sudden, I just heard. Uh, the voice of Jeffrey Beldon in there for some bizarre reason and he just gives a little monologue midway and then we go straight back into the music. Took me completely by surprise. Uh, that's incredible isn't it? Uh, Jeffrey Belden, for people who don't know. Um, played Cat Weasel. Aye brother, aye brother. The the <laughs> Croman or Croman, I just like saying Croman, quite um, frankly. Raise his head! Like great uh, old podcast character right there. What wonderful imagination you, you two children do have. Oh. Wurzel, Wurzel, Wurzel. Um, I'm so it. happy. Oh, it makes me happy doing it. It's been a and while. Mark
3: Bolan, of course. You often do a Mark Boland Ma- or Mark Bolan,
0: who, yeah, he, he talks like this and, you know, when he sings, do bam, doom, do do. do. <laughs> you know, so but it just took me by, it was a, one of those nice moments. And for the really two of
3: them to be, you know, such favourite podcast
0: characters for us and for them
3: to actually have appeared together to as it
0: were merged you know I, I can see I can see exactly how and why it happened because Mark Bolan was obsessed with wizards Right. absolutely obsessed with it he, he loved uh, uh, Tolkien he he loved all of his songs you know all about so he, Cat he Weasel looked like would a wizard right,
3: yeah would have been right up his street oh
0: it? I think he would have loved Cat Weasel yeah so I can see I think it might I think it might have been something to do with the Born to Boogie movie which maybe <laughs> maybe Bailden's in that I don't know I, don't I don't know. want to have a look now I don't know why that looks so fun. Jeffrey Bailden Born to Boogie I don't know why that makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> oh, born to boogie. Yes. I'm born to boogie, born to boogie. Um, Let's have a look. Bailton. The yes. Of yes, of time, brother. Born to Boogie combined live footage of T-Rex captured at the height of Bolan Mania in their Empire Paul Wembley concert of 1972, uh, wow. which features recording sessions from Star, Ringo Starr and Elton John, and a Lord. surreal Mad Hatter's Tea Party featuring Visconti, so that would be Tony Visconti, their producer, and British actor Geoffrey Bailden. Good God! So they they exist in pictorial format as well how exciting this is amazing this, yeah. that was,
3: uh, the internet can be such a lovely thing sometimes, sometimes. It's not, being awful yes quite um, quite uh, so yeah as i mentioned before other podcast icons we haven't mentioned for ages i feel bad you know where you know, convention organizers like ken deep used to come up to me and go stop don't move and we, have, <laughs> we haven't said stop that's an move. american said that's <laughs> an american saying it stop, stop don't move, don't move. I'm the CIA Stop the move Stop the move Which was the um, in case you haven't been listening for a few years um, was the climax to episode three of Death to the Daleks in 1974 uh, Doctor Who story starring John Pertwee and it wasn't meant to be the episode climax was it the climax was meant to be when the Daleks were about to exterminate them outside the city before they get through the wall the Exelon City yeah but the episode was too short, so they had to let it run on. And the next available point for a cliffhanger was just when they noticed a funny pattern on the floor.
4: <laughs> so it's they just so got so a, a stock hey.
3: recording of a cymbal clash. It wasn't. I don't think even Carrie Blyton, famous for his saxophone quartet music, ring modulated for Death of the Daleks. Um, I don't think he even provided that cymbal clash. I think they <laughs> just, just got don't... it out of stock. Tss, stop! Don't move what there's
0: a pattern on the floor oh my giddy heart actually see, that it. would have been an amazing trick for us at, at a convention wouldn't it is it if if we both wandered around and i had a symbol in my hand and every time you said stop don't move i had or somebody else said it i'd have to hit the symbol stop don't move <laughs> um just imagine i can see it happening i can see it in my mind um you just imagine them
3: looking at the edit of that and they stop don't move and they bring the theme tune in you know and they think we've got we have got to put something in there that him just saying
0: stop, don't move and the theme starting is not I don't well, know. I, mean, I think it Even might have little worked. things like they could kind have of just if they had the bit with the the, the lightning, you know, that's you know, off the floor or whatever, even if they just had that sparking around, that would be a convincing enough cliffhanger. You'd say, Oh blind, it's a load of lightning coming from the floor.
3: Yeah, but it but, only comes from the floor when you tread on the wrong. I
0: know, but way. but you know, you just you just have to You'd have to somehow utilise poetic licence to make it, you know, because it is ridiculous. Don't move. It's a pattern on the floor. I feel so tempted to go down a death
3: to the Daleks rabbit hole, but I'll save that for another occasion. Uh, But there is the uh, that way leads to death. That way leads to death. Which is Bilal, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Lovely Bilal. Excellent. Yeah. When I rewatched it the other day, it's so you can see through those big lens eyes he's got. You can see the actor's eyes almost all the time. So They're just like, aviators,
0: the, aren't the, they? They're yeah. just sprayed <laughs> aviator lenses. That's what they
3: are. I thought you meant the Exelons were aviators. That's a no. whole element of the
0: plot where they sort of, I'm just going off for a little fly around. <laughs> yeah, that's how they that's how they get to the city so quickly. Um The Singing Man. Oh, please, Nick. The Singing Man. There was some documentary, wasn't it,
3: that I heard? that, And a man was sort of, a BBC reporter was chronicling strange urban behaviour. And there was a (laughs) chap who used to just, and they called him the Singing Man. I just looked it up on the internet. You can't find it. And it was just, they say, oh, no, listen, here he is now. And in the streets, you just hear... (laughs) <laughs> it's just like <laughs> no, i mean like no particular song <laughs> you know, just, it was just a, a, a,
0: a, a madman a
3: madman a, a madman yeah, poor, quite, quite frankly. frankly a mad singing man um and then spam that's a new edition Spam. We well, Very popular With
0: Monty Python fans, of course. Yes, Spam funny along. that, isn't it? I was watching a great program the other day. It was on, I think, it was Channel Five. It was called something like "1970s Shopping Experience" or maybe the yeah. "1970s Supermarket." Let me find out. Yeah, uh, we should... yeah, Channel Five. It's a really good program. It was just about that's the how... first
3: good program ever on Channel Five, I believe.:
0: Well, I was surprised it was on Channel 5, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, yeah, it's called the 1970s Supermarket, and I actually really enjoyed it because it chronicles, you know our relationship with food and, and how yeah. things change. But it shows all these great products as they go through, like, you know, angel Delight <sighs> and you know, tinned food and, and spam. Yeah. and I had some and, tinned fruit the other day. It's some tinned apples. Oh, that's bizarre. And have you ever apples. watched? Yeah, I mean, they were rubbish,
3: it has to be said. But that's we in the 60s, that's mostly how we experienced fruit from a tin. Have you ever watched um, uh, Gone Fishing with Paul Whitehouse and Bob Mortimer? I certainly have. Well, you know, Bob Mortimer uh, calls anything in a can trapped. <laughs> so when he cooks dinner and he uses tinned potatoes, he calls them trapped potatoes trapped. to make them sound slightly more exotic. So I said to <laughs> Steph, I said, I've got a special pudding for us tonight. I've got trapped apricots and <laughs> trapped apples and um carton custard oh my wife loves loves custard but she it, kind she's of got great quite taste. likes to just make it herself even an instant one birds but she, yeah she finds it a little offensive if it comes out of a carton but this was like the most luxurious kind of custard you could actually feel it firing up your arteries as you
0: oh. eat it yeah it's so like i had i had luxury ambrosia Rice pudding the other day, Oh, right, which, right, which, yeah. was, uh, which was which was strange <laughs> enough, it was like it was like a solid twenty p cheaper than standard ambrosia rice pudding. Because it's worse for you, <laughs> I guess. It, I guess that must be it. But it was certainly went down a treat for me. I can tell you that. I don't like rice pudding. Oh, I love rice pudding. Love Maybe it. Maybe I should try
3: it. I mean, I've really it's a childhood phobia that I haven't got over. I feel like if you like custard, you're probably going to like rice pudding. It's just that rice pudding looked like what as a child I thought. I must have seen someone. I'm sorry about this. Who who had been sick? Yes, it does. look like eating that. rice, <laughs> and I just thought, I just thought, I can't eat something that looks like sick. But then you think you eat stew,
0: don't you? And that pretty much looks like
3: <laughs> what it would be when it came back out again.
0: I'm convinced they've used it in television before for people being sick, like in the 70s. They would 100. Ah, well, that's pudding. when
3: I'd see. That's you know, 70s television has traumatized me. But spam. I mean, spam. why is spam?
0: It's a kind of reconstituted meat product, is it? Yeah, Me- well, mechanically it's... Mechanically recovered. It's really interesting because they talk through the process of spam and how spam is spam. And the idea that the meat is... it was, It is given these nitri- uh, nitrites, I think they're called, as opposed to nitrates, which turn it pink, which is why it has this that really pink... And that's yeah. a preservative... Uh, nice. in there, so that keeps it fresh, but and that's what caused it to go pink. But then the spam is cooked inside the tin. Oh. So it's co- so it's it's boiled at an extreme temperature. Sounds so healthy. When it comes out, it's it's you know, it's all ready cooked inside this tin and it's you know, it's expanded, it's it's packed in. So it's quite an interesting. What is it? What kind of meat is it? I think is it a selection of
3: dead animals, or is it particularly one I dead? I think animal? it is pork. I'll double check. It looks—it's um, yeah, there—is a porkiness about it. It's sort of got a bacony, salty pork luncheon meat. They were very big on it at my schools when I was at school in the sixties and seventies. Spam fritters. Oh yeah, I, I, I like a spam fritter. Well, maybe I should try one now because we—you'd we, look at the fritter and it would be sort of you know batter on it, wouldn't it? Yeah yeah, you, right? yeah. You, you, and then you teach, think oh what's that that is that a nice bit of fish and you cut into <laughs> it and you're, oh god it's spam <laughs> we're, all, we're all sitting around the table kind of with our mouths half full of it going oh can you eat
0: yours i can't eat mine <laughs> it spams a, a very bizarre concept i mean in this documentary it's great because my favorite tv chef which is rusty um, the oh, famous yeah. Rusty who just laughs yeah. all the time. Yes. Um, makes spam fritters and shows you how to do it. So it's you know you, you, by watching this, Nick, you get the full experience. Gosh, I've got to look this up, haven't I? And yeah. you know you get to go down memory lane and the battle between Iceland and what was the other frozen food supermarket called? Um, oh, Frosty. The no, it, had, it was a really weird name. Um, <laughs> oh, oh what was it I mean a defunct supermarkets
3: I, I remember Iceland being a real new thing b jam B jams
0: yeah b yeah. jam and it was about the battle between b jam and iceland for yeah. for superiority and how iceland, iceland won. it's the better name isn't it yeah well iceland, but it was it all came down to tie-ins with with one was focusing on food and one was focusing on also selling you a freezer Oh, and it became just. In the end, they lost. Yeah, um, there's but some B jams. Interesting... I
3: mean, what is? Why is it called B jams? That's like pajamas, b- pajamas. I don't know what that's about.
0: I, I am absolutely. I am.
3: It's the abs- coolest names always win out, though, don't they? Like like Blu-ray or or HDD-TDTV
0: or whatever it was. Um, you say you know. that, but Laserdisc over VHS. Laserdisc sounds much cooler, doesn't it? Laser. I've got a laser disc. So it says here, BJ Yeah, I know, but who wanted
3: a disc? They wanted tapes, didn't they? Yeah, go on, sorry.
0: Bee was named after the family's beach hut, whose name was an acronym for Brian, Eric, John, Millian, Marion, the names of the Apthorpe family members who founded the, the company. So there we go, Iceland's B-Jam. much
3: better. You can also make the joke of um, saying, oh, I'm just nipping down to Iceland. You think, oh, that's a long trip, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah. Confuse it with the countries. So yeah. Doctor Who Link is uh, <laughs> Mum Shop at Iceland. That was Liz Sladen who was in the advert for that. Really? Yeah, was I remember that talking after to So she did Doctor Who? You know, I think so, yeah. Because I remember Sadie was telling me that growing up, she used to get frustrated because when she'd be out with her mum, people would shout, Where are you going, Iceland? <laughs> um, and she thought, Talk about the TARDIS. Yeah, it's. it's yeah, she was. She was in the Iceland. You can Google it now. Iceland advert. Type it into YouTube. You get to see Liz Sladen saying incredible and then <laughs> advertising a meal. I'd rather watch Hand of Fear. I never knew that until Sadie told me, though. Wow. Really interesting. Wow. So there we go. You've all learned something. Uh learn learned something new today but yeah check out buy go buy some spam from iceland that's what i say i'm not i'm not being paid to say this at all they don't sell spam in iceland i bet they do it's frozen it's only frozen food but Not no no iceland isn't only frozen food anymore you can is, get everything really in. you can get anything in iceland it's like a supermarket now <laughs> no, yeah, if you are looking on the iceland website it says yeah. here you can get <laughs> yeah. spam chopped pork and ham uh value pack for three pounds and 85 pence which i think is pretty reasonable
3: well since my wife is a vegetarian i think i will buy some <laughs> spam just to annoy her um because you know I've, I've been buying um that uh sort of uh stewing steak in a can recently there's
0: nothing wrong with that which
3: just looks like dog food but <laughs> it's really nice
0: What's i, I
3: just like cut that up with some potato pie. it's brilliant Yo. I used to eat I could have get some Frey Bentos pies. Oh, I
0: love it. you see that's my if I need if I want like to, to nip out and do something I'll have a Frey Bentos pie. <laughs> it's brilliant. And that's the same that's when when you said about the You just of, put them in the oven, don't you? Shove them in the oven. Yeah, or you could even I believe not that I've done it. I think you can actually cook it on the hob, the hob. Um, but I might be making that up. But um, Hobbs Lane. But that's the same. That's got that that meat in it, hasn't it? The dog food meat inside. <laughs> it. And you have to <laughs> it really. It does remind me rather depressing. It.
3: Yes, it does remind me rather depressingly of being dreadfully unemployed and in a bedsit near Turnpike Lane, because that's just about all I could afford. Bentos pie. Uh, it's to buy a Bentos pie.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Now you can eat it with the luxury of, of knowing that you're inside your own house.
3: That's true, yeah.
0: You know, and it'll taste that bit sweeter with a bit of custard afterwards. A bit of rice pudding.
3: What would that be? Would that be sort of like food virtue signalling? No, no, the opposite, actually. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose,
0: be, I suppose it would be the opposite.
3: <laughs> yeah, a lack of virtue
0: signalling well wow, that was the chat well i'm hungry now and i'm deeply distressed that i don't have spam to have with my lunch um but never mind so now let's move on it's time okay. for the good review guide finding the latest positive comments about spam no about big Finish <laughs> productions to help recommend them for spam for you <laughs> <laughs> and as promised this week we're looking
3: at spam <laughs> <laughs> uh, the diary of river spam Some, uh, song <laughs> series 10 two spams and a, two rivers and a spam a
1: firewall <laughs> uh, i want to know who you are and what you're doing here she's not very sharp is she topless
4: who else is she expecting at the tomb of river song
5: you think this is another trap A trap, a ruse, a con, I don't know what it is but I know she's not who she claims to be when i first read the script i thought i was going to have to read both rivers which really got
1: me a bit stressed (laughs) so i was so thrilled to come into the studio and actually see that um the other river uh, was not anything that i needed to worry about and the gorgeous mimi who is standing across from me she took on that role and it's been so much fun
0: just go to bigfinish.com and type firewall into the search pane at the top to find this one and that's exactly what ian McArdle at cultbox.co.uk said, 7 years and 10 series in, Alex Kingston continues to sparkle as River Song with no signs of slowing down. Whilst there's no apparent theme to tie this box set together, it is fun to hear some adventures without the added weight of heavy Doctorful connections. As ever, production values on set are exemplary and it was great to hear those classic Auton cues deployed. Additionally, it is worth highlighting just how Howard Carter's theme uh, is—how good Howard Carter's theme is. It always puts us in the mind of a Bond movie. Yes, but it's yes, absolutely. Bit of Barry Uh, in there, Village
3: on Barry. Very good. That was me uh, almost hitting the right notes. There's, that's better, Benji. Thank you. Uh, Indie Mac user Jacob Licklider, a uh, uh, close uh, uh, compatriot of Peter Nolan. No, he's not. Oh, or maybe he is. Uh, the set is another great installment with each creative team bringing something different to the table, uh, like spam, for example. <laughs> <laughs> very good very and good so, thank you thank you and so i'm here all week uh, no it just feels like it and some best performances for the range especially when taking the character of river song into a different
0: spam direction uh, <laughs> spam out of t- eight out, out of out, ten. Uh, eight spams out of ten spams <laughs> i think that's all
6: spam 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 lovely spam
0: oh yes uh on um social media Um, Sorry, I was rather shocked then, because I'm still recovering from being ill. I can't quite do my Terry Jones impression to its full capacity, and that frustrates me. Uh, Telos32 says, four good stories featuring the time-travelling archaeologist with fantastic spam. Hair, (laughs) hair, (laughs) hair.
3: And uh, finally, at Jenkins100Rose says, just finished the Diary of River Song Series 10. Two rivers and a firewall from hashtag Big Finish. I thoroughly... Enjoyed it. Oh. Next week, more reviews as we take a look at da, 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 da,
0: da, UFO destruct positive. Just imagined us going down the little shoots then when you did that. Oh yeah, to, uh, interceptors, full. immediate launch. I'm going down the slide. <laughs> uh, coming up soon, listeners' emails, the Omega Factor, and the Randomoid Selectatron. But first. The Eighth Doctor Adventures Audacity, out this Thursday,
3: the 2nd of November. Let's prize the TARDIS doors open and go behind the scenes.
4: Hiya, I'm Lisa McMullen and I wrote The Devouring. Matt Fitton came to me to ask if I wanted to create a new Eighth Doctor companion. And of course I said yes, because... I love writing The Eighth Doctor, and the chance to originate a brand new companion was too good an opportunity to pass up. Matt suggested the Regency period, but we knew we wanted her to have modern sensibilities. And I came up with the name Audacity because that's exactly what I wanted her to be. Audacious.
1: Dance, then, caper at will! You have earned your fun, and therefore I promise not to shoot anybody.
7: Else, spot on. Well done, all. Thank you. I'm very happy to move on if everybody's happy to move Lovely. on. Lovely. Mm.
4: I wanted to create a companion that I could identify with, <laughs> so I basically embodied her with my own sensibilities and a few of my own character traits. <laughs> how narcissistic is that I essentially turned myself into a companion <laughs> oh dear she's a woman who um, she's absolutely furious with the world at how so much power is in the hands of very privileged few and how they abuse that power and she is doing everything in her power to try to change her world but it's a world she feels is far too small for her she's an astronomer She's looking to the stars because her own life doesn't feel enough.
2: This is Paul McGann, Doctor Number Eight.
1: Everybody I know has been swallowed up by thin air because a creature from another world caught my eye across a galactic ballroom and now I'm inside a... What did you call it? A starship?
2: This is the part where I usually have some explaining to do, but that's actually not a bad summary. I think it's working. We're good actors; it should be uh, kind of guaranteed, but it never is. But it's, but we seem to. I don't know. Right from the off, she seemed to uh, to just get into it and you know, in the right spirit. How could you not?
4: The dynamic between Audacity and the Doctor is quite prickly at first. She is not in awe of him at all. Uh, in fact, she's quite scathing about the Doctor's own sense of entitlement. She's incredibly defensive and is very much of the mind that if there is rescuing to be done, then she'll be the one doing it. Thank you very much. But uh, the doctor calls her out. He clocks that her bravado is, is all an act. But he also clocks that her courage is real. I love the dynamic they have.
1: I am Jay Griffiths and I play Lady Audacity Montague. Oh, I love her. I like her relationship with her husband, I like it very much and she is slow to judge and self-sacrificing and dutiful, it's not a word we use very often and perhaps we should take it up again, a sense of duty, a sense of responsibility to the group, not just to oneself. Maybe we should hear a bit more of that in the world generally.
4: A lot of the Doctor's companions leave the Doctor for love in the end but Audacity sort of does the opposite. She gives up love for adventure because she loves her husband, despite her protest that it's a marriage of convenience. But then the Doctor offers her the universe, maybe for Audacity, that love is scarier than all of time and space. And so she chooses to run like the Doctor.
1: The tone is of the potential for loss and grief. What... What is ownership of a life? What is your place in society as a whole? What What is your role? What are you for? And when that is questioned, do you have enough confidence? Do you have enough belief in the system that you're in to defend it? And what happens when that's threatened? And what happens if you don't like the system? How do you change it when that is all there is? You know, you can't go around with pretend guns, not without consequence. And the consequences will be severe. How do we
4: change? How do we change? That's what this episode's about. The chemistry between Jay and Paul is crackling. Oh, my gosh. Jay blew me away when I heard her recording. She owns this character. I honestly don't think they could have cast anybody better in the role. She em- body's audacity with this incredible strength and assurity. But then there's this vulnerability that she layers in, really subtle, but it cuts right through. I listened to her and I thought, oh my God, she really gets this character. I absolutely adore her.
7: Hello, my name's Ken Bentley and I'm the director. I think the character of Lady Audacity Montague is fantastic. A huge injection of energy and fun and enthusiasm and the sort of wide-eyed wonder so many of the characters are used to what doctor who is jumping around in time and space and seeing aliens and strange worlds so it's great when we have a completely new character who hasn't experienced any of that before and for whom it's completely alien it's, it's having a human being who's the alien in the story i think is um, a huge amount of fun and offers loads of potential
0: well just go to bigfinish.com and type Audacity into the search pane at the top to find this one, and that's out on Thursday, the 2nd of November. Please do, because I worked on it. So Yeah, you know, this, this you Thursday. Know, Thursday yeah. This Thursday, yes, this <laughs> Thursday. Go grab it, 2nd of November. Um, right, though, now it's time for something else. It's time for... Uh, listener's emails. <laughs> nah, short one. And if you want to, uh, you know... Send your emails inside a tin, trapped emails. Uh, we would not only encourage it, but we would uh, relish in the opportunity to oh, open it with oh, a tin opener. Yeah. Although I don't think you need a tin opener for spam, do? Because it's got the pull, the ring. The little top. key. Yeah. Oh, One, course, I'm getting very excited about the this. Key. Yeah, that's it. You know, something I have noticed about tins in the last, um, pretty much since the COVID, actually, bizarrely, is that tins with the, you know, the tins that you pull open with the, mm, the thing, mm. they've got considerably worse. That they keep breaking off, I've noticed recently. So, if anybody works in the uh, tinned manufacturing industry, heed my word. Uh, fix it. Good point. I'll tell
3: you something even more interesting than mm, that. Mm, Can you yes. believe it? Uh, when I bought the uh, apricots. Oh, yes, yes. The yes. trapped apricots and the trapped mm. apples. Yeah. Trapples. The, tra- <laughs> the, uh, the apricots had the ring pull thing on to open the tin. yep the trapped apples didn't and i nearly Ooh. didn't buy the apples because of that and i made a complete hash of getting the blooming um uh, the lid off with the tin opener i had to ask for assistance from my
0: wife <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't do this i can't open it i mean it's a faff isn't it it's a hassle you just you know I don't you think don't tin openers that. are as
3: good as they used to be. Or
0: maybe I'm just not They're as good not. as I used to be. Tin openers aren't as good <laughs> as God, they I used to the be. My God, I saw the passion in your eyes then. No, because I, I went on a bit of a tin opening crusade yes. uh, about two years ago to find the best tin opener because I was frustrated with the lack of effective tin openers out there, you see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I came across one which... Is doing still going and doing the job. It's not perfect, but it's this weird American device. Oh, that it's like a tin opener, but it has a crank handle, like a big crank handle. Is it nuclear? It's, it's a nuclear uh, device. New, um, but new killer, a nuclear. Say, nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. No no, yeah, so no, 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 They say nukiller, not new Nuclear. Killer. Nuclear. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a breakfast cereal. I like, get the
3: it? L and the K sound around the wrong way. Nuclear.
0: Yeah. Nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. interesting but no it's got a big handle and you 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 can pick it up and crank it around and it, it it's very easy uh it, it rarely does that thing where it cut you know when they come off the, the side a little bit and you have to reposition yeah pain the in, pain in the uh the tin that one you know yeah um Honestly, the state of the, the tinned good industry right now. If anybody is listening, please do write in and give me reasons and answers. Yes. Because I am not a happy camper. It's not, you know, and I would
3: just like to apologise to the majority of
0: Americans who obviously say nuclear. Uh, nuclear. <laughs> uh, well, Adam Ross, you better be mentioning tinned goods. Um, tinned eggs, that was the name of a, um, a sitcom that me and my friends put together once, which was about a man who all he ever wanted to do was eat something else but he just always ended up eating tinned eggs like he tried to avoid eating tinned eggs but Are there, then... is there such a thing no there isn't that's why I it's funny say, I, I mean i eat pickled eggs in, from a jar i mean it presumably if you can pick very egg... expensive
3: 4.99 for a jar of pickled eggs i
0: mean uh, what's that not about? in my day not in my day mate i don't really like pickled eggs i like pickled onions but oh. I'm not i'm the king of liking pickled onions i love you know well you are the king of liking pickled o- i'm not i'm not I, you know eggs in their many forms don't really do it for me i, I don't mind a fried egg i'm oh, I had to, fried uh, eggs know, yesterday actually for perfect b- on b- toast. beautiful yeah very very palatable shove in a bit of bacon boom you got yourself a no, no. sari, i put you i know. put a
3: lot of black pepper on top and a bit of um brown sauce
0: Ooh, a, a yeah sauce. can you tell that actually lunch is overdue for us because we
3: just keep talking, just about, talking about food, food. yeah
0: I'll, I'll crack on with the email actually well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So adam ross says happy halloween uh listeners emails uh, i'm not going to say halloween because i don't know why people say that uh, today some people say halloween yeah
3: Get out of
0: town! No, 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 no! I'm not, I'm not even joking. No, that um, is true. It's just like I heard on some um, YouTube
3: thing that people pronounce caled uh
0: That might be because of Sylvester McCoy, maybe, because I think he well, said no, Khaled. No, but it, this was a. You
3: got something on your finger? Fi- yeah, sorry, it's a pair of tweezers. I've accidentally put on my <laughs> finger. I can't get them off. Hold on. That's better. um uh, no, it was it was someone who wasn't Scottish saying it, and they were saying that it's a it's a common um, um, mistake that people think Dalek is spelt with an R because it's pronounced
0: Dalek. Well, I mean that's I th- it's I not think a
3: common mistake
0: at all. I think it's only a common mistake for people that don't really know or like Doctor Who, because some people spell it. If you don't know how to spell a Dalek, it's it's not so bad anymore because obviously the Daleks are in the public i wants more but i remember people always used to spell them Dalek. Oh, dalek, and now so it's and now it's you know, you know it's it's slowly but surely people are going to get that but people don't say it like that really unless they're from the west country Dalek. no that's true and
3: also uh, that's how you have to type it if you want an ai to say Dalek, because most ais are american so if you if you just put d-a-l-e-k it says dalek
0: dalek yeah, you know, I mean, it's you know, it's all you know, it's like Sylvester McCoy saying Spiridon, you know, Spiridon, Spiridon. Um, but anyway, one one could go on with and this. Cla-
3: and who was it? Clara said it.
0: Oh, yeah,
3: that's yeah, yeah.
0: There was another thing that was said wrong as well. I can't remember it now.
3: Yeah, so um, Metabolus. Uh, Metabolous
0: Yes, yes, yes (laughs) Makes me sad Anyway, wishing you both and everyone a big finish uh, Yet another happy and spooky Halloween For 2023 May it be great and spooktacular day Um, It certainly will be there's the owl. <laughs> uh, firstly, I wanted to say the idea of the first series of Eighth Doctor and Lucy adventures into a single collection slash download box set release was an inspiring choice, as each story from Blood of the Daleks to Human Resources are absolute gems and are a perfect amalgamation of classic Who and new Who in audio form. Oh <laughs> yeah, yes, that um, was such fun to do. You know, that was my.
3: Uh, to use that lovely phrase that Doctor Who fans always use, uh, my baptim- baptism i can't say it—baptism <laughs> of fire. When it came to being executive producer, that was the first thing I worked on. It was a real, you know, working with Alan Barnes and Barnaby Edwards on that was amazing.
0: A labour of love, you could yes. say. It. Series 1 really showcased the amazing uh, combination of Paul McGann's 8th Doctor and Sheridan Smith's Lucy Miller And I wholeheartedly recommend to any new listeners to check it out it is yeah. awesome, it's really good. Additionally, I want to give a big shout out to Sean Longmore, uh, the artist the new box set design yeah. for a truly beautiful cover. My only wish is that the cover could have been made into a slipcase for CDs that myself and many others already own of series one. But I know it sadly won't happen, but long may we have future collections and hopefully more adventures of the dynamic duo of Eight and Lucy. Secondly, I am delighted to hear that the 11th and 12th Doctor Chronicles are continuing at Big Finish. Jacob Dudman did a magnificent job in the Doctor Chronicles range, and whoever his successor will be, I wanted to wish them the absolute best for the role. Uh, And finally, I had a couple of questions. Here Here we go. Firstly... Uh, as it's Halloween, I was wondering if Big Finish would ever consider doing holiday-themed Doctor Who box sets.
3: Yes, we would consider that. We've talked about it quite a lot, actually.
0: Well, I know that we've got a um, a very wintry uh, Eighth Doctor box set coming yeah, out soon. Yeah, bleak midwinter, yeah. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, secondly... A while ago, you mentioned that there wouldn't be much of an audience for the Richard E. Grant Shalker Doctor, which saddens me, as one of Big Finish's greatest strengths is taking characters, doctors, companions, and villains, and reworking them to become fan favourites. Whilst it might not happen anytime soon, I really hope one day the Big Finish team would reconsider having Richard's Doctor appear at Big Finish perhaps as a guest star in the worlds of Doctor Who range. I mean, I may be wrong, I may be
3: speaking out of turn, but my feeling is that Richard E. Grant wouldn't be remotely interested in doing it. It's, I, he was, I think he was barely interested in doing it when he was doing it from the interviews he gave. And I just don't think he has much of a
0: connection with Doctor Who. But please, do prove me wrong. Richard, give me a call. There we go. Thirdly, would you ever consider having Eric Roberts Master encountering Unit? I know there has been radio silence from the Master the Master um range for a while, but I hope that we can hear him back on Earth someday.
3: Well there'll definitely be more. I'm not sure anything's upcoming with Unit, though
0: uh finally uh will there be more spin-off ranges in the future set during the first rtd era uh with so many amazing companions characters and locations during that era i hope big finish can continue exploring that period of the show well we certainly will i i can't give you any specific plans but yes i mean that our license with the bbc does cover that era there we go uh, thank you both Nick and Benji for your time in reading this email and have a delightfully devilish halloween kind regards adam will you do anything special for halloween uh for me personally mm. i'm not really i'm going to um, bob for apples at all no i mean i'm going i'm having a little believe it or not a Halloween-y barbecue tomorrow you are going to yesterday hat? no no i'm not aware. I, the last time i dressed up for halloween i dressed as a monk um which right, was quite fun yes. a dead monk um but my favourite, as I mentioned before, was when I, I dressed as a man who died in his sleep, which was my favourite Halloween costume of all time. Yeah. Just nothing but comfortable, just went out in a dressing gown, bit of white makeup, <laughs> long johns on, um slippers. Um when people said, What are you dressed as? I just said, Oh, i died in my sleep last night
3: (laughs) (laughs) i did a zombie vicar
0: oh Oh, zombie vicar brilliant
3: because i just happened to have a vicar's outfit for reasons that i can't divulge Uh, (laughs) (laughs) this was many years ago so yeah yeah and i painted all this sort of gunge and blood on my face and then realized that i had to go out in public looking like that. I thought, what is the matter with me? Anyway, next up, Jonathan Kirk, one of our favourite contributors to listeners' emails, writes in with an email with the subject line uh, Thank you, Professor Stream and Novels. Hi there, Nick and Benji, and insert guest name if applicable. Not applicable, but never mind. Uh, firstly, I would like to thank you. Thank you. Uh, a few weeks ago, oh, I know what this is about. I wrote to the podcast about the Big Finish Talks Back 8th Doctor CD that has gone out of print and was unavailable for download. You you not only read out my email beautifully read by lisa Bauman, of course but have made it available on download i just it, i moved fast and not only that but you were you made it free thanks so much i really enjoyed listening to it one of my favorite parts was when the writers were talking about where the eighth doctor could go next and the eighth doctor has now gone many of those places mm-hmm. now, it was a pleasure to to actually be able to sort that out jonathan i just thought yes why isn't it available and uh, various great people at big finish made it happen Um, who who hannah um, and uh, sue and jason yeah, everyone joined in. Uh, while I'm writing to you, I thought I would ask a few questions. Here we go. I'm going through the Sixth Doctor in chron- chronological order. Sorry, I got a bit timey wimey there. Uh, slotting in his big Finish stories where they go. If anyone is interested, I'm using the Tardis uh, Wikia Timey Wimey Detector page to figure out the order. I'm current. Is that a real thing?
0: No, uh, there's certainly the Tardis Wiki. Yeah, very, I know that. Very... But what,
3: Wikia Timey Wimey Detector. Uh, I'll have a look. I'm currently in the Aborted Season 23 and I listen to the story Hollows of Time. In Hollows, the main villain is Professor Stream, played by David Garfield. Professor Stream seems to know the Doctor, and the Doctor says Stream reminds him of someone. The Doctor's memory is also tampered with, and he is trying really hard to figure out who he is. In the the behind-the-scenes, it is revealed that Stream would have been revealed... On television to be the Anthony Ainley Master in disguise But at that time the BBC didn't want you using The Master, I wonder whether it was because of John Sims, who knows Uh, Was it John Sim, Is it John Sim Or John Sims, I never remember
0: I think it's John Sim
3: Yes, sorry John Uh, Yes, John Sim so you left it a mystery a mystery that the doctor is still trying to solve in the next story paradise five which funnily enough stars alex mcqueen as the villain who went on to play one of my favorite incarnations of the master though i'm fairly certain that gabriel from paradise five is not the master it is indeed uh paradise five that made me think that alex mcqueen would be a good master by the way it's listening to that i thought hello i think we should do that Uh, My question is this. Would you ever consider having the sixth Doctor meeting Stream again and have it turn out to be Anthony Ainley's master played by John Colshaw? I don't know if David Garfield is still acting, but if he is available, maybe it could be a case where the master is pulling the strings from behind the scenes and the name with the name Professor Stream as a front. And then when you finally meet Stream and it is revealed to be the master, we could hear John Colshaw right away. Just some thoughts. I hate hanging threads and would love this one to be tied off. On the contrary, Jonathan, I don't like to tie off threads. Make of that what you will. I also wanted to ask about novels. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Many people have asked about novel adaptations. Many times you've said they don't sell well. I have, many times. I wonder if you ever considered doing audiobooks of the novels. Not a bad idea. I would especially like to hear Paul McGann reading the Eighth Doctor novels. All the best, Jonathan Jack W. Kirk. Um, captain of the enterprise um i don't think paul McGann's particularly into reading audiobooks um but i think it's a great idea to do audiobooks of some of those novels um and of course the novel
0: adaptations do eventually sell all right but it takes years for it to happen Sorry, i'm lost on the timey-wimey detector it's fascinating oh really uh, yeah it's just a website and they've they've tried to chronicle sort of the the Timeline, as it were, for pretty much Everything you could possibly want It's quite something, you know Thals, for example There, it says that the, typically In in the timeline, the first entry Into it would be the big finish audio Which is Innocence, which is of course the I Davros series Then it goes right through there to those ones Then Genesis of the Daleks, then a comic Safe haven, then the TV Story, it's quite interesting to see it all Mm. Kind of laid out I could definitely lose myself in that. There's
3: a series of books called About Time, which
0: does all this as well. Oh, well, there we go. I'll mm. have to check those ones out. Mm. Oh, We've got one more email here. It's from uh, Daniel. It says uh, there were the, the subject it says, new YouTube behind the scene. Um, hey, guys. I just wanted to say that I love the new third Doctor BTH. Um, behind the... H, it must be <laughs> I don't behind know what the scenes, behind yeah. the house in the house. <laughs> um, <laughs> finally, I was able to see what the ominous big finished lunch looks like, and to put faces in some of the names in the credits. Daniel, please keep up the good work. There you go. So, there's, yeah, a, there's that, of,
3: that was behind the scenes for intelligence for war, down at Audio Sorcery. Paul Midcalf, the so it's a very
0: different big finished lunch because they come was. in many forms and formats, don't they? Really. Yeah.
3: Not not, not as good as the old Toby Hritzek robinson lunch. Um, but did you see the video, by the way?
0: I didn't see the video, no. I've not seen it yet. Well, go and watch it. It's quite fun. I have to say, in terms of my last big finish lunch that I had, mm-hmm. it was remarkable. It was James Goss managed to get in this incredible spread from a, a local Turkish restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was absolutely phenomenal. It was just beautiful, these wonderful pita breads and gorgeous sort of... Oh, it was just... Yeah, it was remarkable. It was a thoroughly enjoyable day.
3: Uh, That's it for the
0: emails. More next week. We really love reading them. Remember that there's a drama tease of the 8th Doctor Audacity box set at the end of this podcast. But first, let's see what's also available this week as we delve behind the scenes of the paranormal, the strange, the supernatural, the really flipping scary, the Omega Factor.
8: Hello, my name is Barnaby Kay and I directed The House That Wasn't Haunted, which is uh, by Tim Foley, and it's in the Omega Factor series.
5: Adam!
9: Anne, what are you,
5: this is so weird. I can't believe how long it, is that a beard? Why are you here?
0: Well, she's not playing golf, not in this.
8: I was aware of the TV series but I actually hadn't seen it and uh, before I was attached to this I, I hadn't listened to, to any. But it's great, I mean, it's fantastic and having Louise and John as the central characters is, uh, is great and it was a, it was really, it was a joy to, to work with the pair of them. Drexel was the man and he's long gone now.
0: Still, sounds like there are other forces out there and if this case is that dangerous, why aren't you helping her?
8: There's just a different atmosphere because they're feature length episodes, we've got more time to, to to let the story unravel. And that was probably what was most exciting for me is the, is just having a little bit more time, a few more pages to uh, to create atmosphere. And also, obviously we're very sound design heavy, which is part of what Big Finish does. but with this with this one it's it's going to be a different challenge. And this story is really spooky, and on the page, it's in the page, it's quite frightening. But I think that the sound design will really bring that together and uh, and really give it the the atmosphere that uh, that we want to achieve. So, so it's just being able to having a bit more time, a bit more time to get that broader scope of story.
5: Hello, I'm Louise Jameson, and I play Anne Reynolds. Well, this script's fantastic because it's a standalone story. Uh, the Omega Factor is scientists investigating the paranormal. It's kind of X-Files before its time. It was a series that we filmed in the late 70s and I did it with Jimmy Hazeldean and John Carlisle. Jimmy no longer with us. So Big Finish have very cleverly given Jimmy a son who has inherited his perceptive powers and that's brilliantly played by Mr. John Dorney.
9: Hello, I'm John Dorney and I play Adam in The Omega Factor. It's really nice being back. I'm not sure off the top of my head how long it's been since we did the first run of it, maybe getting for about six or seven years. Yeah, I kind of had such a lovely time doing the original set and it's always quite nice to come back to these sorts of things um, after a while. I was uh, listening to some of the old episodes to really get my head back into the voice and into the space of him over the last few days and... uh, yeah, it just feels a, re- a really nice fall uh, thing to come back in. It just feels comfortable sort of acting with Louise, which I haven't had a chance to do in a, in a long time, uh, even when we've worked together on other things. Sometimes she's been like down the end of a line and we've been in different ends of different rooms and uh, to actually get back talking with her, it just feels delightfully easy again after all these years.
5: Coming back to do we finish in between big bouts of filming on Emmerdale is... Uh, it's not a holiday, of course, because it's work, but it does feel like uh, coming home a bit. I <laughs> feel like I can just relax and breathe and know which way which way the wind is going to blow and I don't have to learn any lines. <laughs> I don't have to travel up and down the A1. So, yeah, those two things are a relief. And just touching base with people who aren't in Emmerdale, you know, it becomes... they become When you're in a soap, it can become a little bit institutionalised. Less so in Emmerdale than I would say EastEnders was, m- m- simply because we have three different locations and 67 actors. I think that's a, I think that's probably the largest cast list of any of the soaps. So there's a lot of variety and variation going on and you dip in and out of other people's stories as well as your own. So I am loving it. I'm loving being blown about in the Yorkshire Dales, but uh, I love coming back to Big Finish as well.
8: This series comes with, with such great actors already so to to louise jameson who i've worked with she's directed me in a couple of things and and i've directed her in a couple of things so to have her here purely as an an actor was a was a real pleasure she's such a skilled voice actor and it was just lovely to to watch her work and to listen to her work and equally john Dorney, who who i know mainly as a writer of doctor who scripts of which I've done many as an actor and he's also script edited quite um, brutally my my first attempts at writing and that which I've been hugely grateful for so to have him here as an actor for me was a great Great pleasure, and he's wonderful. And the the two of them know the characters so well, so it's so you trust them uh, implicitly, and they're they're brilliant, and they're also both brilliant at taking notes. So that's a, a great combo. So, is there any truth to St. Andrew's Grey Lady? I'm Adam
9: Crane, and this is Unspooked. This feels like a thing that wasn't really in existence when we did the first batch. And now the, the idea of a slightly more investigative, particularly occult-based uh, podcast feels a lot more current and present, particularly for someone who's, you know, getting onto the middle age, like Adam really kind of is. It, 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 I imagine if he was a lot younger, he'd be doing these TikToks and stuff like that.
0: Hi, my name is Reese Weathers and I'm playing Hassani Steele, aka Has. A lot of the VO stuff I've done, I've been in the booth by myself. And so having having John right next to me it meant that we could just riff off each other as well and you know he, he made some rhubarb custard tarts and sort of handed them out and already just started to build a bit of chemistry um from meeting him and so yeah it really does help having somebody in the room that you can just vibe off and just like catch their
8: energy and just like build something with i wanted uh, an actor i didn't know to, to play has to play hasani steel and i listened to a lot of voices and but when I heard Reese Weathers' voice on his uh, his agent's website, I, I I knew he was right. He just had this this contrast he's quite quite a modern kind of voice and I, and I just thought the contrast would be good and and he was brilliant and an absolute delight to have in the studio hugely talented and and uh, I was really delighted so it's a fantastic group of actors who've thrown themselves into into this wonderful script and and made a wonderful job of it over the last couple of days
3: and you can scare yourself half to death by going to bigfinish.com and typing omega factor into the search pane at the top to find our entire Omega Factor range including this latest masterful edition by Tim Foley The House That Wasn't Haunted out this Monday the 30th of October the day before Halloween not sure why we're not releasing it actually on Halloween but mine is not the reason why Uh, all adds to the weirdness I suppose (laughs) meanwhile it's the Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a Big Finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it.
0: Now, I promise this isn't rigged, but it has come up with Survivors Series 3, which is what I do harp on about all the time, because it's one of my favourite box sets. But it is probably one of my favourite things I've ever worked on. I think I was so proud of that box set. Is this Survivor's to...
3: New Dawn 3, or Survivor's? No,
0: no, no, this is Series 3 of Survivor's, so this is the one we did back in 2015, Goodness me, yeah, and it's Um, very
3: expensive, so it's rather probably quite a good idea to uh, have a discount on it. Um, So this is the first one you worked on, and funnily enough, even though I'm credited with the music, which I did do, (laughs) I I didn't actually work on it because uh, I didn't have time to do it, so my music cues from the previous two series were re-edited by you, I think. Yeah, I just put them in there, yeah. a,
0: A stock score, yeah. It kind of it worked though, it kind of worked And all I yeah. did was in classic brick style was, You know, elongated things, condensed things, reverse <laughs> things Went a bit m- mad with it But I love the box set, I think it's a really, really powerful box set Quite strong um, concepts in there as well Yeah. Um, also we, we get to see uh, Richard Heffer uh, in there Who, who returns oh. as um, Jimmy Garland Yeah. Uh, to, to, who's a thoroughly nice man A lovely time um, because obviously I, I visited the studio for this box set and it was quite sort of surreal, really, because I was, I got to be there uh, alongside, you know, you've got Carolyn Seymour, Abby Grant and, you know, Rich and Effa, uh, you know, Jimmy Garland, two absolute icons from, yeah. from you know, Survivors. It was my first time meeting them and they were lovely people. It was just really, it was a really, really unexpectedly fun treat to be able to go there. But um, a brilliant... Uh, a brilliant uh, box set. I distinctly remember sitting with um, with John Banks and just talking about Spitfires for some reason. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. No, I think I was talking to Richard Heffer a lot about Colditz as well, not the actual of course, because um, he was in the series. Because he, he was in the series, yeah. And, and so I, cause I love that show, I think it's a fantastic uh, television show. And so we were we were having a real good chat about it. Um but it was nice cause it was quite an organic conversation. It wasn't like uh, me sitting next to him and saying, you know oh you were in Coldits uh, weren't you? It was more of just like it came up and then I was Love like right. yes, yes um so and obviously this box set uh has got so many good people in it I mean you know Fiona Sheehan who's fantastic and is the voice of Google um uh, Paul I didn't Thornley. Know that. yeah yeah Fiona Sheehan is is the voice of of Google's you know okay Google. That's uh, that's Molly from Survivors. Uh, th- uh, again, a really lovely person, fantastic um, actress. Uh, she was last in a, f- a brilliant game that's just come out called um, Baldur's Gate 3, which I recommend to any gamers. But um, This box set's got um, Paul Thornley who plays John oh, Vincent, brilliant. who is this thug, and he really put his all into it. It was quite a, a harrowing performance. It's yeah. very uncomfortable, but a very... Um, it's just you know it', it it's, there's something special in this uh, this box set I really I felt there's a bit of magic in the air when it was all being put together it's quite nice. quite controversial content in it as well but yeah we, we we should play the trailer I haven't played it yet absolutely
3: coming soon from big Finish productions survivors series 3.
2: London calling. This is London calling almost a year since millions
4: of people died and everything ended.
2: I don't know how many survived here in Britain. Maybe thousands, maybe hundreds. So
4: I want to know what happened to the rest of the world.
7: truth is, I've done terrible things to stay alive.
5: Hello, I'm Maddie Price. Abby Grant, and this is Daniel Connor. Pleased to meet you. I'll let you know if the feeling's mutual.
0: The name's Jimmy Garland. You've got some friends of mine that I'd like back.
5: I know some people think I'm mad to keep looking for Peter. But you know what? I'm not just trying to save him. I'm trying to save me. Because I'm scared that if I believe Peter is dead, I'd want to die too.
2: Some of the people left behind, they're so filled up with anger, grief, it overwhelms them. They keep it all inside.
3: You should let bad feelings out. Big finish. We love stories. There you go. Um, any Anything to add about that?
0: I mean, I've, I've waxed lyrical there, haven't I? Really, but was, I can. It was beautiful. You know, it's it's a fanta- It's a really, really good four stories in there. Um, that takes you, you know, from you, you know, from cruise ships. Well, not cruise ships. Ferries, to the the, uh, the London Post Office Tower. Now, of course, the BT Tower, uh, which I always now, whenever I see it, I went from always thinking about the war games. To now, I'm uh, not the, the, war, war machine, the war machines. Yes. Always think about the war machines, to then now I see it and think of my time making this. So oh. it's that says a lot about it mentally imprinted in my mind.
3: Well, I suppose what would have been really spooky is if Ran had come up with something more Halloweenish, but, uh, you know, uh, survivors can be quite ghoulish. Um, so while I emailed Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her. Of our random selection Totally genuinely random uh, So that she can set the offer live On the bigfinish.com website Benji can you spookily explain How listeners can get their discount
0: Yeah I certainly can uh, I mean <clears throat> I certainly can The mind of a <laughs> That's your the body, The head of a man And the body of a fly <laughs> um, Yeah All you have to do Listeners is go to bigfinish.com <laughs> that was a ghost of me Then listeners You go to podcasts On the podcast I'm not going to go into the comedy vampire voice <laughs> Once you're on the a, podcast a page uh, the, yes, the children of the night You go and click read more uh, Once you click read I could do a bit of Vincent Price You know uh, Once you click read more No it's not very good Um <laughs> It'll say, just click here and enter the yes. code buck up. I'll I was working in the lab late one night. The garlic. I must have the garlic. Um, pizza Cushion. Yes, and once you click here, you must enter the code buck up. That's B U C K U P. All capital letters, no spaces, and no complications. Uh, and, and you'll get a discount. Simple as that. Dying to ask you this, Nick. Yes. I just clicked the random voice Electrotron button again, and it's come up with 102D Doctor Who Mission of the Virens, Mm, which bizarrely doesn't have a real cover. It's just got a picture of two monsters shooting ray guns. It's not like an actual cover cover.
3: Yeah.
0: I just was curious as to why it doesn't have an actual cover there
3: um well i think it was um it just seems to be it's just a
0: a free download isn't it um oh it's not even that i don't even think it's anything yeah that's weird isn't it who oh, knows I'll,
3: I'll ask about that
0: that's your spooky content for the day
3: Yeah. some spooky stuff there it's it's also um mission Vish- Vision of the Myrons <laughs> is also <laughs> on um it's on another release
7: Ah,
0: maybe that's why. Maybe that is why.
3: I think, I think it's available on um, the Mind's Eye. The Mind's Eye mission of the Virens. There we go. Interesting. Yes, it's if you look on the, if you type in the Mind's Eye, uh, it's because uh, the Mind's Eye is a three-part story. Mission of the virons is a one-part story. The Doctor and Perry take a holiday on the planet Grallista Social. Sure but soon discover they aren't the only time-travelling aliens in town. So this was the beginning of a whole storyline about the virons and viruses. But anyway, that's not um, the, <laughs> no, the offer. That was just, just a tantalising
0: moment there. Real, uh, you um, can really look into t- the inner workings of Big Finish there with us chatting about that. Um, yeah, There we go. It is still available, Mission of the Virons. Anyway, that was
3: scarily good, round uh, As of now, next week's podcast is uh, it's out on the 5th of November, when um, the British strangely celebrate the, uh, the torture and execution of someone who dared to blow up um, or tried to blow up Parliament. But that's a whole other issue. Um, anyway, it's called Ood Encounters because it features Torchwood Oodunit's one of the funniest titles around, I think you'll agree, uh, and that's uh, released on Tuesday, the seventh of November, and the War Master encounters, which is out on Thursday, the
0: 9th of November. In the meantime, it only remains for me to say this edition of the Big Finish podcast was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it, and of course, Benji and I did this
7: for, for the love, love of stories. stories.
3: And finally, on the Big Finish podcast, the eighth Doctor Adventures Audacity, The Devouring, by Lisa McMullen and starring Paul McGann and Jay Griffiths.
1: Your Royal Highness, might I have a Mm. word? Oh,
6: oh, Lady Montague. Oh, looking ravishing as ever. (laughs) Oh, God, my word, this wine is absolute pig's will.
1: I believe you're confusing ravishing with rather furious again. Oh,
6: you're permanently fuming, Lady M. It must be exhausting.
1: It is, rather. What have I done this time? Nothing. That's the problem. You are Prince Regent, ruling in your father's stead. Oh,
6: don't remind me. Oh, dear old Daddy's gone absolutely doo this time.
1: I believe he is ill, George. Oh,
6: come now, sweet lady. Call me. Your Majesty...
1: I will be neither sweet nor ladylike in your presence, and I will certainly not pander to your ridiculous airs and graces.
6: I could have you executed for treason, you know.
1: And I could have you executed for being a hapless layabout waste of a head of state. And by executed, I mean assassinated. I have friends in low places. You're not quite Majesty.
6: (laughs) You have nerves of steel, good woman, to threaten the life of a king.
1: And almost... King, who relies on mine and my husband's discretions to facilitate your countless indiscretions and in return you assured me that you would push for parliamentary reform. Oh,
6: have some wine before you start to scold me.
1: The disenfranchised must be given a voice. This country is run entirely by a very privileged few... Of which
6: you are one.
1: (laughs) I have no privilege that is not gifted me by my husband. Without him I have nothing but some have less than nothing, and if you will not empower them, then you must at least take care of them.
6: You're very beautiful when you're angry. Your husband is a lucky man.
1: And your wife and mistresses are most unfortunate. Speak to the Prime Minister, or I'll see to it that the women will revolt.
6: Oh, yes, yes, very well. Now a glass before you go
1: of pigswill no thank you there is a comet crossing the sky tonight i am away to my telescope
6: <laughs> oh what business does a woman have gazing at the stars
1: more business than she has ownership over her own life prince george i look to the heavens because the earth is not mine Starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might. Have the wish I wish tonight. What
7: do you wish, wife?
1: (gasps) Ignatius! How many times? You nearly made my heart stop. I did knock, eight times. But your eyes glued to the telescope. And for some reason, that seems to affect your hearing. (gasps) There is the most extraordinary shooting star in the sky tonight. I cannot stop looking at it. Oh,
5: well.
3: There's supper waiting for you when you're done stargazing.
1: Oh, I shall never be done, Iggy. Never, ever. There's a whole universe out there. There's pea and ham soup inside and jam roly-poly. Just another half an hour. I promise. I swear one day you'll leave me for the man in the moon, Dassey. And then what will I do? Oh, a shooting star that creeps across the sky. It is most curious.
3: (sighs) Well, I'll leave you be. I shall see you in the morning, no doubt.
1: (sighs) What are you? (laughs) What? It is a truth universally acknowledged, that a single woman without a fortune of her own must be in desperate need of a man to save her. Which is Lady Montague, do you suppose? They say she's a great deal older than her husband.
6: Oh, she is. They were quite the scandal of the season when they announced their engagement.
1: I have always been of the opinion, however, that a single woman in want of a fortune really ought to be able to save herself.
5: And they have no children?
1: No,
6: but they do throw the most spectacular balls.
1: Hmm.
5: balls which they do not attend themselves, it would seem.
6: No, they shall be in attendance. Just you wait. You are aware of Lady Montague's Christian name, I take it? (laughs) I should hope so. We're related. By marriage on my mother's side. Although we have never met. What does her Christian name have to do with anything?
1: Stand and deliver. (gasps) (gasps) Who is that woman? Uh, That is Lady Montague. Oh, she has a pistol. And I know how to use it. (laughs) Put your diamonds, your silver, your jewels into this bag and nobody gets hurt.
6: (laughs) Your money or my wife? Uh, That's Lord Montague. He does what he's told, apparently. Take off your necklace.
1: They can't be robbing their own guests. I'm royalty. Then be grateful you haven't been shot. What's your name? I'm Clementine, cousin Charlotte's daughter. Well, I'm Audacity.
2: A very personification of it, it would seem.
1: And you would be?
2: I'm the doctor. Nice ballroom.
1: You are a stranger, doctor.
2: You have no idea.
1: An uninvited stranger.
2: Yes, I was looking for Jane Austen, but I rather think I overshot. Uh,
1: we have quite the hall, daddy. Uh, Schlein struck the quartet to strike up again. Let me see. Hmm, it will suffice, enough to furnish the poorest of the village with food and fuel this winter. Play music! Dance, then, caper at will. You have earned your fun, and therefore, I promise not to shoot anybody else. And it is a truth acknowledged, not nearly enough that if one is capable of saving oneself, one should not simply stop at that. I say, Iggy, where did that man go? Uh, Which man? The man in the curious clothes. He called himself the doctor.
5: Audacity. Oh, heavens. Oh, my dear cousin. Stop. Uh, What's the matter?
1: I had a sense that you were going to embrace me. I would really rather you didn't. Besides, we are not cousins. Uh, by marriage, we are. Yes, well, charmed, I'm sure. I have to go. You're leaving your own ball prematurely? I've been here ten minutes. That's already far longer than is tolerable. Go. Twirl about with that fellow you were talking to. I'm sure he'll have proposed by Tuesday. <gasps> oh, my word. <laughs> Do you really think so? Well, your father has 10,000 a year. I imagine that will more than make up for any shortcomings in the personality department. I'll take my leave. We will embrace first, sweet audacity. Right, you may let go. Now. Clementine? I shall consume you. I beg your pardon? I shall consume you. Yes, that's what I thought you said. What is that? Consume you. The air is folding in on itself.
2: Like water down a plug hole. Doctor? I think the very ether is about to devour your friend.
1: Lives. The devil is amongst us. Oh, hell is empty, Lord Burns. It has been for some time. Oh, what do you mean by that, Lady Montague? That all the devils are here, Edward. They're running the country. Oh, oh, she's in league with me, uh, Leave the horses
5: away on foot. Ah. What was that, Dassey? Some conjuring trick? Uh, where did Cousin Clemmy
1: go? One is not simply swallowed by the air itself. That man there, do you see him? Oh, the doctor? Mm-hmm. Why does he not run? Everyone all about fleeing for their carriages. But that man, he's just standing there. Watching? Watching us. No, not us, Dassy. i rather think he's watching you. Oh, he's gone. Where did he go? I lost him as that carriage went by. I shall consume you. And then she herself was consumed.
8: But by what?
1: I don't know, but I. What? Nothing. Should we send for the watch? Oh, Oh, I rather think they're already on their way.
6: Uh, No conjuring tricks. No illusions? None. Only your soirees do have something of a reputation around these parts. Complaints of armed robbery?
1: My guests are asked to make a donation to the poor. At gunpoint? Nobody is forced to surrender their jewellery. You fired a pistol in the air. She does that for effect, mostly.
6: Armed robbery. And now a woman has disappeared.
1: My own dearest cousin, Clementine... We are as alarmed as everyone else. Oh, oh! Begging your pardon, my lady, my lord, mil- sir. What is it, Dolly? Oh, there's been something of a, a disturbance in the kitchen.
0: Has the badger got in the soup again?
1: No, sir.
9: It's a bit more than that. <laughs>
2: Don't mind me. I'm just looking for something.
1: I do mind you, as a matter of fact. I mind you very much indeed. He just swaggered in and started turning the place upside down. I've got a trifle. Won't never be the same again.
2: I do swagger? Do I swagger?
1: A little bit, my lord. He's not your lord. I very much doubt he's a lord of anywhere.
2: Time. Actually, I'm a lord of time. Don't
1: be ridiculous. You said you were a doctor.
2: No, I said I was the doctor.
1: Oh, He thinks a lot of himself, don't he? Mind you, he has got that swagger.
2: I do. I'm looking for a telescope. In the kitchen? I've checked all the other rooms. What's that badger
1: doing? Dolly, fetch the watchman down here. Tell him this man is an intruder.
2: Somebody's been staring at the stars. And? Did you make a wish? What of it? Did nobody ever tell you to be careful what you wish for? There are some stars you really shouldn't wish upon.
1: How do you... What do you know of the stars?
2: More than you could ever begin to fathom. Now, where in the name of George III do you keep the telescope?
1: In the observatory, Doctor. Where else?
2: The observatory, yes. I probably should have started there.
1: Private property and you are intruding. Oh, I'm doing much
2: more than that.
1: What does that mean? I don't believe you're a doctor at all. I believe you are something else entirely.
2: Astute of you.
1: (coughs) Don't touch that. What have
2: you been looking at, Lady Audacity? Who have you made eye contact with?
1: Eye contact?
2: Because I'm not to alarm you, but I think there's something coming for you.
6: Get your hands off my wife's telescope! In the name of His Majesty George III and His Most Royal Highness the Prince Regent, <sighs> I am apprehending you under a charge of intrusion and general affray. I'm trying to help. You to help yourself to Lord Montague's whatnots, more. I like. have
2: absolutely no interest in Lord Montague's whatnots. It's Lady Montague I'm interested in. I knew
6: it. Scoundrel, Iggy, don't. <laughs> Come away now, sir, before you cause any more of a disturbance. He punched me. Whatever you do, don't, don't look at the stars.
1: Oh, there you go, my lady. Fresh out the laundry. Thank you, Dolly. But I wish you'd call me Audacity. And you know, I'm quite capable of shaking out my own nightdress. <laughs> so you keep telling me. But it's what you pays me for. It's what my husband pays you for. I would much rather you got an education. Ah, what would I do with one of them, milady? You can't eat an education. No, no. That's a fair and admirable point. It might land me a better choice of husband, I suppose. Oh, good grief. Do you never get angry, Dolly, about the unfairness of it all? No, nah, not often, ma'am. I has quite a nice life here. And that's enough, is it? Quite a nice life. It's more than most get. Perhaps. It's not your own life, though, is it?
5: Well, I don't know who else's it is.
1: You don't have to talk upside down sometimes, ma'am, if you don't mind me saying. No, I I know. Go to bed now, Dolly. It's been a bit of a day. (coughs) uh, Dolly? (sighs) I shall consume you. Oh, no. No! I shall consume you! Please, no, no, not you two! (coughs) Dolly! Consume you! Iggy!
8: Big finish for the love of stories.